Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd. Dr. Wignall. How's it going? Good. I can see you're a good seven, eight feet away. Mm. I feel good about that. Okay. Got the buffer zone. We are practicing social distancing. Mm. Physical distancing. We're more social than ever, Todd. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Well, today I thought we'd talk about FOMO. Are you familiar with FOMO? Barely. Okay. I mean, I've heard of this off and on, but I'm an old man, so um, this is a newer concept for me. But I did a little reading, but I'm in no way, I probably need to put that out there. I'm no way an expert in FOMO. Okay. But I have my own thoughts here. So for people who don't know, FOMO is an acronym standing for fear of missing out, right? Um, and it, I, don't, I feel like this became a thing maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe something like that. Yeah. People started talking about FOMO. Seems about right. Um, it's kind of like a cultural meme, like kind of half joke, half real thing. But I actually think, I think it's a very real thing, um, a very real kind of psychological, emotional phenomenon. So I thought it'd be fun to, to talk a little bit about. Yeah, um, yeah. So when you, when you think of FOMO, like what, what do you think of? Like what's an example that kind of illustrates typical case of FOMO? It seems like someone who is um, not a part or not able to join a certain activity, social event, um, whatever that is, and they have this extreme or, or this anxiety about not being there and part of this event or activity or social group. Mm-hmm. And that anxiety is pretty brutal. Yeah. I, th- I think of like the kid in the library studying for his big test coming up, but he, he's, he's just racked with FOMO kind of constantly thinking about like all his friends who are at this really fun party that he can't go to. And it's can't, he can't focus and study cause he's just, he's got so much FOMO. He's, he's just afraid that he's missing out on something. It's going to be the best party ever, you know, and I'm going to have all these regrets cause I wasn't there. And, yeah, FOMO. Yeah, and, but it, and, and so correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not sure because I'm, I'm a novice maybe, but <laughs> it, it seems to be an anxiety about I'm I'm by not being at this this experience or this event or mm-hmm. this group, um, my standing in that group may be affected because I will not have that experience, that common experience, or those those um, shared. Um, jokes and shared it. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that correct? It could be. I, I think often it's about your standing in a group, but I don't think it has to be. I think it could just be like, you know, I, this thing could be really fun and it'd just be a bummer if I didn't get to experience that. Yeah. That's, that surprises me a little bit because my angle was that it was, it was more about maybe standing. I, I'm surprised that people get that anxious about saying I'll, I'll miss an event. I mean, we miss lots of events. So mm-hmm. I'm, what is it about missing these events that's so anxiety provoking then I wonder? Well, and I, yeah, that's interesting. Because it's, it's not all events. I mean, there's lots of events happening. It's these particular events with my friends, with my interests, with my, you know what I mean? So it's very... Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's often about social gatherings and, and sort of friendship events and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't think it has to be. I I think it's just, it's almost when I think of FOMO, maybe this is, maybe it just boils down to anxiety, but it's kind of like the emotion is anticipatory regret. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, I, 
I feel bad because I know I'm imagining regretting not getting to experience this thing or do this thing. Mm. So it's, it's a weird thing of what, is that some form of a regret that's just happening before the thing has actually happened? Or is it anxiety about potentially feeling regret in the future? Hmm. So, but either way, I think that kind of the point is that FOMO is usually about, I'm going to miss out on some kind of a social experience. Um, but I don't think it's exclusively that I think it could, it it can definitely apply to other things. Just this, Mm -hmm. I, and it, the bigger kind of, I don't know, uh, philosophic kind of mindset behind it is just like, it's bad to miss out on things. Yeah. If there's anything good, I should experience it. Now if this, at all possible. This does seem to be experienced by a lot more younger people. I, I, some research that I read says it definitely kind of this, this, this feeling declines with age. You don't feel it as intensely as you get older. So it makes me think that there's something in that kind of, um, you know, as an adolescent and, and young person, you're kind of in that social pecking order, kind of those, those relationships mean a lot. They're forming your identity and they're mm-hmm. forming those things. So, I'm curious. What well, and, and just more generally, I think the the younger you are, the more there are possibilities open to you. You know, the future just seems wide open, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, but a a implication of that is there's more to miss out on. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> right? right, you're just yeah. aware as you're aware of the kind of expanding possibilities for your life, mm-hmm. right? Which happens in teenage, young adulthood, even maybe early middle age to some extent. But then as things start to kind of narrow down, Right. Yeah. I guess it makes sense that you, you kind of come to terms with the fact that I can't have it all. I can't, I can't do everything. Yeah. And so I, I often think about FOMO in terms of, um, it's sort of a failure to appreciate trade-offs. It stems from this idea that I can like, or this desire that to like, I can have it all. Like there's all these good things. And like, if I just, you know, arrange it the right way, I can get all the good things. Mm-hmm. I don't have to miss mm-hmm. out on anything. Yeah. And it's this, it's kind of a denial about the fact that you, it's inevitable that there are going to be good things that you are going, not going to get to experience. Yeah. And I think, I think that can be surprisingly hard for people to confront. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of a, um, a realization of short of sorts that you are not going to be able to make everything a number one priority. Mm -hmm. And uh, perhaps that's a, a correlation with the youth kind of, it, it, it's an experience related phenomenon maybe of really kind of understanding there are things I just won't be able to do. And there, the novelty of maybe dealing with that, as you were saying, with when, when the world's your oyster, um, that lesson probably needs to arrive at some point mm-hmm. that I won't be able to eat the whole thing, the whole <laughs> pie. Yeah. Right. At least not without getting a pretty nasty stomachache. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's honestly in my clinical work, that's kind of where this comes up. So an example, I'm thinking about a client I have who is really struggles with insomnia. That's that's why she sees me um, primarily. But it didn't take long for us to figure out the, the root kind of cause of her insomnia is that she just has a really erratic sleep schedule. She has basically, she has no routines for sleep. It's just like she kind of does it whenever and... Um, 
she often gets less of it than she needs. Sometimes she gets way more than she needs. So, so it's just kind of all over the place, which in general is not great. Your sleep system likes yeah. consistency yeah. for the most part. It's it's flexible, but it likes routine. And she's and, or the, the sleep patterns related to her social activities and trying so to keep up. This with. is the thing that the reason she has such inconsistent sleep is she cannot say no, oh, especially wow. to yeah. sort of engagements with friends. And she's incredibly social and has t- like... Uh, to me, a stressful amount of friends. I could not imagine. (laughs) She has multiple engagement opportunities every single evening. Oh my God. Wow. Weekends, weekdays, doesn't matter. Uh Right. Um, And, and so, but she, when she, and we've talked a lot about this, the specific moment when she considers, Hmm, I could just stay in and kind of try and get my sleep back on track. But then there's this, her mind instantly, the, her imagination really kicks into high gear. And she imagines, in some ways, it's, it's the opposite of catastrophizing. Catastrophizing is when you worry about the worst case scenario happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. FOMO is when you, you're irrational in the other direction. You imagine, okay, this like, party my friends are going to, it's going to be the best party ever. And, and, and I'm going to miss out on it. out on that would, yeah. Which is be excruciating. Awful, it's if be true, so good. that would be a huge bummer. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if you miss the best party of your lifetime, that would, that, be, that would be a bummer. Yeah. I would be disappointed for yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just like the, the chronic worrier is imagining the worst case scenario every single time. Mm. If you're imagining the best case scenario every single time, you're going to similarly be racked by this anxiety, this anticipatory regret. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, and, and you're going to end up making decisions that are based on this hypothetical feeling that probably isn't even super rational. Right, that this party is going to be unmissable. Right. right, and I have to go to it. Yeah, but the cost can be pretty extreme. Which is, there's all these other things in my life that are getting neglected, like in in my client's case, her sleep, like healthy sleep, which then has all sorts of downstream effects. So if you're not sleeping well. It makes it really hard to do all sorts of other things. So, so, you, so your client, you feel like, is making this calculation of of um, never saying no based on the idea that missing one of these events or gatherings would be so devastating, or, or, or such a such a regretful thing um, that she wouldn't be able to tolerate the regret she would feel almost. She imagines that she wouldn't be able to, that her, her core issue is she, she has a phobia of regret is the way to think about it. She's irrationally afraid of experiencing regret and her, her habit of always going out of never having FOMO is that she, she is completely, her tolerance for regret is nothing. It's paper thin. So what's, what's, what's the, um, if she experiences regret, then what will happen? It'll just be bad. It'll feel bad. It'll just feel it's not like something literally, but it's I'll have to live with knowing this awesome thing happened and I wasn't a part of it. Boy, I really wonder what that means then. You know, that if you miss events that are so amazing. Well, I think we, we all experience regret. Like regret sucks. I don't like regret. Like yeah. I don't like being reminded of things that I did wrong or things that I missed out on. Like it doesn't feel good in the moment, right? But I think most of us, kind of live with that. We don't like, yeah, you're, you're going to remember that from time to time and it's not going to feel great, but you know, eventually it kind of wears off and you get on with life. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, I mean, with regret, sometimes you're, you, you make the like, Ooh, because I did that, you know, I'll always just feel like I'm a jerk or I'll, I'll just, I'm just an 
I'm an awful person because I did that thing way back then. Yeah. Of, you know? But this, but this is characteristic of people with FOMO, I think is they haven't thought it through that much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and they have, they certainly haven't got experience that tells them what it, that's their problem. They don't know what regret is actually like. So you feel like it's that it's, anticipatory regret of like, yes. this is, I'm anticipating the regret would be so overwhelming that I, I just don't even want to experience that. Right. So I'll go. And this is super common with almost anyone with anxiety mm-hmm. issues is that the anticipation of the thing they're afraid of is almost always worse than the experience of it itself. Yeah, yeah. It's and the buildup that really gets you. Some, some see, So the way I, I see this maybe is there's just one further step, which would be, Maybe that the, that, and, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong totally here, but, but it would be, I am that, that anticipatory regret is definitely activated there. Mm-hmm. The other thing though would, to me would be, man, you know, by not attending these events, um, it may also jeopardize my standing in that social group or my ability to, um, preserve my space in that social group. Is it, is it sometimes related to that or just yeah. really just the anticipatory? I, I think it sometimes is, but, okay. I, but I think for a lot of people, it's, it's just the feeling. They just don't want to feel regret. Just don't want to feel the regret of, yeah. I didn't go. It's, it's more primitive. And not because it threatens their social standing. Not, always. Like that. not Th- always. That often is the case. Sometimes. Okay. Okay. But okay. I, th- I think a lot of times it's just, that makes sense. this is going to feel awful. Okay. Or maybe I'm just going to be stuck with this awful feeling. That's the thing about never experiencing regret. You don't have an accurate picture of what regret actually looks like. Yeah. For people who have a sort of healthy relationship reg- with regret, uh-huh. they understand it doesn't feel great, but it's not like it consumes you 24-7. And it's going to happen. Yeah. Even if it does happen, even if you do regret the thing, reg- you know, you, most of the time in your life, you don't think about the things you regret. It's just periodically something reminds you of it. And yeah. You feel bad for a little while and then you move on again. Right, right. Right. And you can tell that to someone like this, my, like my client, and, and they get it intellectually, but they don't really get it because they haven't lived it. They haven't felt it. Yeah, yeah, they haven't felt it. Yeah. So the, the, the trick is to, I think, with, with my client anyway, and, and if for people struggling with FOMO, is you have to kind of prove to yourself that regret is not as bad as you're anticipating it being. Mm. Kind of, so they're, so they're trying to avoid the regret by saying yes and going to all these things possibly, mm-hmm. or just endlessly ruminating or worrying about how awful they're, they're missing this event will be. Um, and so what you're saying is instead of reinforcing that, that pattern of, of continuing to say yes, you have to, or you, you'd want to be able to kind of say no and understand that you can, experience that regret, get through it, manage it. Yep. It doesn't have get to be world life. ending. Right. Yep. Move on. Yeah. Cause it's only once you get that actual experience that you, then in that decision point of, do I go to the thing or do I stay home? You can say, Oh, you know what? It's going to be hard, but I've, I've done this and I've lived through it and it's, it's tough, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. This thing comes up a lot in our podcast. It seems like the idea that when you're, you're trying to manage something by avoiding it, um, <laughs> the answer continues to be, I have to avoid that. Right. And that really counterintuitively sometimes the better answer is I need to get better at experiencing that negative thing mm-hmm. instead of trying to never experience it. Which I think boils down to something else we've talked a lot about, which is a um, understandable but fundamentally incorrect view of emotion and what they what emotions are. And mm-hmm. that we tend to think of painful emotions as bad, right? Like they're viruses. Right. And so there's something to avoid. Right. When really they're back to your metaphor of they're, they're lights on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they make you a little, they they're make you uncomfortable, but they're not bad. They can't hurt you. 
Yeah. Right. And so the, the correct response really to painful emotion is to learn to live with them, not to avoid them all the time. Right. And to, and to learn from them as well. Because, I mean, even FOMO, it, I mean, your pain often, I think, really clarifies what you care about. And here, if, you're, if, you're, if you've got FOMO, well, then you know social relationships and experiences are important to you. Mm-hmm. And that it's kind of sad when you can't participate in those things. And that's all it means. It doesn't mean, oh, my God, you have to go to that thing. Yeah. It means it's okay that I say, ah, oh, this is a bummer. I can't go. Well, well, and that's a major part I found of, of helping people work through FOMO is to kind of force them to think really specifically about all the trade-offs that come with be, being kind of addicted to this always experiencing things and never having regret. Mm-hmm. So like in my, in my client's case, so the sleep one is, is pretty obvious. Like she's constantly not sleep deprived exactly, but not getting enough sleep as she should. Right. And that's leading to things like she often is always kind of like stressed out in the mornings and kind of scrambling, mm-hmm. right. And her, her, her mornings are just kind of harried and stressful. Right. It leads to difficulty in a relationship, especially her primary romantic relationship where she's just more irritable and has kind of a shorter fuse than, than she knows she should, mm-hmm. which is super common. If, if you're not sleeping well, like you're just going to be more irritable. Right. Well, so, and I would imagine someone with a partner like this is going to be like, well, slow down. I yeah. Gotta, I got to rest. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but I think what, what people who have this FOMO, what another habit they kind of get into is they, is there's a sort of willful ignorance of the costs of indulging this Mm -hmm. FOMO, Mm -hmm. right? That they sort of know on a vague level. Yeah. There probably are some trade-offs to always going out and doing this thing. This is costing me here, but they haven't actually, they haven't thought through the details because the details are painful. When you actually think through, yeah, you know what? This is really, you know, putting a wrench into my relationship, my, my most important relationship in my life. This is causing major friction there, or right? Physical health. Or, yeah, physical yeah. health, right. So I think kind of one thing you can do is really try and hold your feet to the fire and think through, try and list out and go through what are the all the trade-offs and consequences of um, me being in this pattern of, I can't experience regret. I yeah. have to do the thing because I don't want to miss out on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that can be, it's tough, but it's very clarifying. Yeah. So you just gave us a couple of things about, I think, addressing this. Can you sum that up? Like what are your what are your main points about how you would coach someone through FOMO? Yeah, great. So the first thing is to realize what it is. And I think basically it's a it's an irrational fear of regret. Okay. Right? So it's like a phobia of regret. So you got to understand the actual dynamics mm-hmm. of it. Um, the, the second thing to do is you have to, when you avoid something for so long, something painful like regret, you, you the consequence of that is your tolerance for it is next to nothing, mm-hmm. right? And so what you have to do is in small ways, you have to start building up your tolerance for it. It's like a muscle that atrophies, right? If you want to be able to occasionally not go to those things, those events, miss out on things, you, you need a little bit of tolerance for you know what? I don't, I don't like feeling regret, but it's not the end of the world. I can get right, through it. Right. So you have to build up your tolerance. And then an, another really important factor is you have to really be kind of ruthless with yourself about clarifying what are all the trade-offs and costs of this habit I've gotten into, which is never missing out on X type of activities. Yeah. There are probably lots of trade-offs in your life that you have thought through maybe on a general level, but not a really specific level. Mm-hmm. And so really detailing all of those. And if, if you don't know where to start, 
find someone close to you in your life and ask them. I, I can guarantee they're going to have Ooh. some really good yeah. ideas. So, so that accounting of what this is costing you may clarify like the issue a little bit for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of motivate you a little bit. I, I would, I would just add one more, which would, would which would be, um, to watch maybe thought processes around this too, because if you are equating your participation in these activities as preserving your social standing or that they give you value, you know, if I'm there at every event, I'm important and, and people love me and, and, and I fit into these social circles or um, if your sense of, of, of value or belonging or, or whatever it is is involved in the reasons why you do this, um, it may be better to, to adopt more healthy philosophies around, um, you know, missing events and having that be okay in your life. Because yeah. like we've talked about, you can't possibly do everything. And so to, to really realize that in a, in, a, in a reasonable way and say, if that's true, I want to be pretty good at missing events sometimes and pretty healthy and pretty healthy in how I do that so that I'm not equating it to my self-worth mm. or my social standing. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, good. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.